hello, everybody. I want to greet everyone at every location. My name is Will. I'm the lead pastor here. And we want to put our hands together and welcome everybody in Cortland, Corning, Binghamton, Syracuse, and Montrose. We want you to know that I love you. I've been praying for you. I'm believing that God's going to do something great here today. Well, we are three Sundays away from Easter, and I want to challenge you to get involved. There should be an email in your inbox right now where you can log in. Just click that link and follow it. It's going to help you to figure out how you're going to get involved. So this is a great Sunday. If you've never served, if you've never been a part of a team at Two Rivers, this is a great Sunday to get connected and get involved. There's so many opportunities for that to happen. And then we're challenging everybody to pray, invite, and bring. We want to leverage Easter. There's going to be a moment in our Easter experience which we tell everyone to do the Easter survey. So one of the things that I need out of every person is that every single person would participate in the Easter survey. I know we do it every single year, so we want to survey everyone. But in that survey, there's a point when we're going to do A, B, C, or D. And in that moment, we're going to challenge people to make a decision for Christ. And I want to be praying over that now. And I want to have your friends, your neighbors, your family, your coworkers, all have the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life this Easter So join with me in that, join a team, serve in that way is going to be an amazing, amazing Sunday as we reach people and lead people to Jesus. Well, we are in a series entitled Closer. So you can take out your notes just on the back of the brochure. There's a place that you can uh, fill in and follow along with the notes for today. There's not a fill in the blank. This one is one where you're going to kind of walk along with me in this Uh, But in this series, titled Closer, I'm inviting you to consider where you are in relationship to Jesus. This series, we we started last week, and it's really our series verse. We're camping out around Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says this, come to me. Jesus is inviting us to him. In fact, he's not just inviting us. people in general. He's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That as we get into proximity with Jesus, as we get closer to Jesus, we'll find rest. So we asked a couple questions last week. The first question that we asked was, do I experience rest in your life? Are you experiencing the rest that comes from following Jesus? Another question that we asked is, is following Jesus bringing life and healing to me and healing through me? And if the answer to those questions was no, we considered the possibility that maybe we've not been following Jesus and possibly we're following some other version of Christianity. So I think that's a really important moment to begin with in in this question of closer. Because we need to fix our thoughts. We need to fix our vision on Jesus. And when we begin to consider, like we begin to think, oh my goodness, wait a second, there could be more for me as a Jesus follower. It begins the invitation in our lives to get closer to him. Because I discover that my life actually doesn't look like Jesus. I'm not experiencing the benefits that Jesus offers. 
And once we're willing to consider that maybe we're not as close to Jesus as we think we are, we can start to look at and measure our lives in new ways so that we can be yoked. This is the idea that a yoke put two oxen together. They were close to each other. And Jesus is saying, I want to be yoked together with you. I want you to put yourself right next to me. I want you to be bonded to me. I want to walk together with you. I want to work together with you. Now, when you're yoked together, what's going to happen is there's going to be ease. There's going to be more productivity. There's going to be more access. There's going to be more relationship. And and in that, Jesus' picture for our lives is to stay right by his side. Well, today I want to talk about this idea, this week, close enough to touch. Close enough to touch. That's today's message. Close enough to touch. So the question is, am I close enough to touch Jesus? You can just write that down in your notes. Am I close enough to touch Jesus? And I think in this message, I want to talk about what makes us receptive to the supernatural. What allows the supernatural to work in our lives? It's one of the most intimate actions a person can receive is a touch. The word touch means to bring a body part into contact with another person or thing. There's a physical reality to a touch that you and I would get close enough to Jesus to actually touch him. Now, in, in our relationship with Jesus in our life, you're going to experience worship. You'll get a touch from God in worship. You're going to get a touch from God in prayer. You're going to get a touch from God in reading the word. You're going to have intimacy in your relationship with God. You're going to carry his heart and you're going to discover his ways. When we get close enough, there's a touch that comes from heaven. And the touch of God almost always involved power transferring from God to someone. As you read through scriptures, you're going to see the touch of God over and over and over again. That God, there's a supernatural reality of God touching us. He touches people, and, and something in their life begins to change. The touch of God will begin to change the course of events in our lives. Each touch of God causes our lives to be enriched. Things that are not of God are going to have no place in our lives. When God touches us, we begin to change our heart's desire, what it is that I want in my life. So when we're touched by God, we're close enough to touch Him. We feel the presence of God in a special way. So we're, we know God is actively doing something supernatural in my life. When you begin to think about your life, you say, have I been experiencing the touch of God? Do I have his supernatural presence? Am I experiencing the flow and the overflow and the joy of the Lord? And these, what Jesus does, am I experiencing the power of God in my life? And I believe this today. God wants to do something supernatural in your life through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The end of the experience today, we're going to have a chance to respond at every location. And in this moment of response, I believe that Jesus wants to touch you. 
Sometimes that's done through the laying out of hands. There'll be a prayer team member, and they'll put their physical hand on you, but Jesus in them will begin to touch you, and the power of God will begin to transfer through their life into yours. That when we kneel around the altars, we have an encounter with Jesus. There's something about the altars. There's something about in Pentecost, in Pentecostal churches, when we go to the altars, it is a place, it is a meeting place where we're touched by Jesus. We believe in the full gospel. This idea of the twofold redemption, that as an Assemblies of God church, we teach this. We teach salvation, baptism in the Holy Spirit, healing in the rapture, that Jesus is coming again. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus fills, and Jesus is coming back for his church. Well, this word, Jesus saves, in our context today, in most churches, the word saved, Jesus saves, in the Greek is this word soteria. As we get the Greek word soteriology for all the Bible scholars. You go back and watch last week and we get into these, these deep theological phrases and conversations. And we discover that somehow we can miss Jesus in all of that. But this word soteria, it was understood in this way. To offer rescue from serious peril, to save from sin, and be expressed in health and well-being. All of those three things are happening at the same time with this word soteria. The other word there is sozo. It's the active verb. I am being saved. And this word means being made whole. That Jesus came so that you and I can be made whole. That the healing is implied in the meaning. So that when we're saved, Jesus, what he accomplished on the cross, he accomplished not only that my soul would be redeemed, that I'm saved from the peril of hell, I'm also saved from the peril of earth. That on earth, I will receive healing and restoration, not just emotionally, not just spiritually, but also physically. And we see that in Jesus's ministry. The early church never understood salvation apart from sozo, being made whole. That all of salvation encompassed healing and health and wholeness, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in every aspect of life. And as we talk about being close to Jesus, every time we see Jesus in the Word, when He's touching someone... Something is happening in their life. There's a transfer that's taking place. In fact, in the Bible, a touch always involves transfer. Then when Jesus touches someone, there is power that transfers from him into them. And this isn't just what we see in Jesus. You see it all through the Old Testament. If, you're, if you in the Old Testament touched an item that was made holy in the Holy of Holies... Whatever it was that touched that item, a transfer took place, and now that new item was made holy. It was set apart. Holy means set apart. Now, if you touched something that was unclean, you there was a transfer that took place, and you became unclean. 
And there was, there was always a transfer involved in touch. Sometimes God would speak a word and there would be a transfer. And people would be changed. In the word you hear, God, oftentimes the touch of God actually is equivocated to the voice of God. God spoke, but because God spoke, something happened in my life. I was touched by his word. I was touched. There was a power transfer that was initiated by the spoken word of God through a blessing into my life. And sometimes God purposefully touched his people. God touched the prophets so that they could do effective ministry. His touch was a way to consecrate them for the work he called them to. Isaiah had unclean lips. How many of us understand Isaiah's problem? I've been, I've been driving and some words came out of my mouth. I wasn't sure that should have been on my lips. I was working, hit my finger in a certain kind of way and some things slipped out. Somebody said some things to me and I responded in a certain kind of way. No one in our church, certainly not. That's probably for some other church, but, but you all can imagine together with me what unclean lips might be. And God touched his lips to cleanse and to purify. And Isaiah's unclean lips became useful for the kingdom. Jeremiah had reluctant lips. He was young, and he thought, I can't speak, I can't preach, I can't prophesy. And God touched his lips to empower him. In fact, he had the ability to raise up nations and tear down nations with his words. Ezekiel's lips were touched for courage. He, was, he needed courage to prophesy to the captives in Babylon. God anoints Daniel's lips for strength, that Daniel had all the strength sapped out of him, but when God touched him, he was able to do what God had empowered him for. When we see Jesus, the great prophet, the great teacher, the coming one, the prophesied one, he comes as a healer. And Jesus doesn't just speak. Although his words came with power, that's what the scripture says, when they hear Jesus, that he, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one with authority, that he would speak a word and demons would have to flee. Jesus would speak and things would move, things would take place. But he doesn't just heal, Jesus didn't just speak, he touched. And when Jesus touched, there was a physical healing that would accompany it. That our bodies, not Jesus doesn't just speak, but there's physical healing that would take place. He does heal our emotions. He takes care of our weary souls, but Jesus wants to heal physically. The touch of Jesus is the spark of power that runs in your bones. When you get touched by Jesus, there's a juvenation. There's a, there's a fire that gets shut up inside of you. There's something that begins to get downloaded from God when Jesus touches you. And I want you to write this down. Number one, Jesus can touch me. Jesus touches me. In, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, we see the example of this in Scripture. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. In verse 2, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now there's this moment of leprosy. 
In that time and era, leprosy, you didn't touch a leper. In fact, if you touched a person that was, had leprosy, you were made unclean. That actually what was on them would go off of them onto you. And we know that because we know today when you hang around people with leprosy, you get leprosy. It's a communal disease. I was in a leper colony when I was in India. And the whole colony had to live together and people would eventually begin to lose body parts because they would lose feeling. They would, it would have accidents and things would take place. And in that, leprosy would transfer from mother to son. It was a communal disease transferred by touch. The leper had to walk through crowds and cry out, unclean, unclean. People would cross on the other side of the street so that they themselves wouldn't be unclean. They would have to go live far apart from their family in their own colonies. They'd be separated from the rest of their family. Not only did this disease touch their body physically, but it affected their relationships. It affected every part of them. Now, Jesus could have just spoken a word. Jesus could have said to this leper, go, your faith has healed you. I am willing. Be clean. Many times, Jesus spoke a word. But Jesus doesn't just want to heal this man physically. He wants to heal him emotionally. He wants to reaffirm him relationally in front of all the people that were surrounding him. And it says in verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched this man. He didn't have to. He did it because he wants to touch you. He says, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. If you're here today and you need a physical touch in your body, I want you to hear this word from God. Jesus says, I'm willing. I am willing. He will reach out and he will touch you. You need emotions shifted. You need your relationships changed. The touch of Jesus is here for your life. He wants to reach out and touch you. He wants at the altars to have the power transfer into your life and that something would take place. That you don't have to leave this place the same because the touch of Jesus, Jesus will touch you. You can get in proximity to his touch. There's a worship that takes place that begins to open the doors of heaven. There's a prayer that's an invitation to intimacy with Jesus. There's a need that when we call on and we say, Jesus, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm needing, and I need you to touch me. And he will reach out his hand. And there will be a transfer that will take place. The altars all through my life have been an expression of the touch of God where we lay hands on people, we pray for them, and something happens in the transfer. Some touch from heaven is exuded through one person into another because Almighty God is in the room. The touch of Jesus is available to anyone. Number two, you can write this down. You can touch Jesus. So many people think, oh, just someday Jesus, he'll he'll touch me someday. Maybe, maybe he'll touch me. But I want you to know that you can get in proximity with Jesus. You can pursue your healing. You can pursue the Savior. The Bible says that when we pray, we ought to knock with persistency. We ought to be pursuing God. And I want to challenge us in this close proximity. Am I near Him enough to get my touch? 
Did I pursue him? Did I go after him? Am I desperate enough? Do I look to Jesus as the healer, the power source, the one who brings the twofold redemption? Or is he just a savior that someday when I get to heaven, I'll have my healing? I believe it that Jesus wants to heal even right now. If you'll reach out and touch him, the Bible says as he goes by, we can touch him and we'll receive our healing. It says in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 long years, unclean. 12 long years, couldn't be around people. 12 long years, a reject. 12 years, suffering. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. That whatever the doctor's solution was, it didn't heal, it didn't fix, it didn't restore. But we think, thankfully, we serve one who is the great physician. He is the great healer. He is the great one who knows how to solve every situation in every moment. And it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 26, that she had suffered... And not not one doctor could take care of her. So, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. And I want you to see what she was thinking. Verse 28, it says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. I love the reaction of Jesus in verse 29. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. You'll know in your body. You'll know you're being touched by God. You'll know when your healing's taking place. You'll know that God has touched you. you will, it will be so evident to you because the hand of God, something, a transfer is taking place. In verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. Jesus, the power had gone out. He didn't touch her. She touched him. There's a faith that you can have. That says, Jesus, I'm going to touch you. My faith is in you. I, gotta, I, I haven't been able to find the answer anywhere else. But if I could just touch him, then I'll be changed. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? There was a touch that initiated a transfer. There was a touch that initiated the power of God being flowing from one person into another. If you ever get it in your heart that you might need to lay hands on somebody and pray for them, you step out from where you are and you lay hands on them and you pray for them and let the touch of God go through you into them. Let the virtue of Jesus' power flow through your life and whatever's on them, you take off them and you bring it right back into the cross where they have been redeemed, where they have been purchased, where the blood of Christ was affected. If it's not you that's healing them, it is you that is the conduit to bring the touch of Jesus into somebody's life. He looks at her and he says to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed 
from your suffering. That you can reach out and touch Jesus. That you can have a faith that draws in the miracle from heaven. I, I remember, and I'll never forget, I was living in Springfield, Missouri. Had been helping a lot of people move. I'm six foot five. And every time somebody wants to move, I get called. I'm going to help move their furniture. And I was in the process of helping people move. And I remember telling my wife, Crystal, my back hurts. And I had her walk on my back and I felt something slip. And I, my back curled all up. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed in my bed. I had to have a walker to move around. And one day as I was using the walker to go to the bathroom, I began to feel the touch of God touch my life. I had spent the last few weeks just in bed reading the Word, praying, asking God to heal me. And as I went into another room, I began, I remember calling out to Crystal. I said, I, I think God's touching me right now. I went back into the bedroom. I took the walker and threw it away. I was on a regular Benny Hinn crusade. It was, I threw my walker away. I, I, I began to do exercises. I began to stretch out and do jumping jacks and perform in front of my wife saying, the Lord has just healed me. The Lord has touched me. I knew the touch of Jesus in my life. A few years later, as we were here in, in Binghamton, I remember just as we, we moved into this facility here in Binghamton, I, I was wearing, if you look at pictures from that period of time, I, I was wearing a, a back brace. And, and there was a big metal bar that would hold my back up straight. And we would paint and do all the work, but I could barely get from one side of the building to the other. My back was so shredded out. I, I could barely walk in so much pain and so much. We had Doug Stanton, an evangelist, come through and he's laying hands on people and prophesying for people. One night he laid hands on me and, and the touch of God touched my life. I fell backwards onto the ground and while he stood and he prophesied, and it's on video, you can find it on Facebook. He prophesied and spoke a word over my life. As I lay on the ground, I felt Jesus touching me. I remember not one word that Doug spoke, but I remember feeling the presence of God in my life. I remember feeling the touch and whispering, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because Jesus was touching me and healing me. And I believe it that Jesus is here and he wants to heal you too. You can get in proximity to his touch. The body of believers is filled with Jesus. The altars are the expression of his touch. We believe in the laying on of hands. You lay hands on somebody, they're going to pray for you and you'll be healed. The prayer of the righteous man availeth much. The touch of Jesus is available to anyone. The touch of God almost always involves power transferring from God into someone else. And it changes the altar, it alters the course of our lives. We will never be the same. But Jesus' love and his compassion and his kindness and who he is and when he stretched out his arms on the cross, they put on his head the crown of thorns. They beat him, they spit him, they, they touched him, they put on him the iniquity of us all. 
Jesus carried all of our infirmities. He carried all of our sickness. He carried all of our shame on the cross. They stripped him naked. They hung him up on a pole for all to see. They mocked him. The touch that he bore in his body was substitutionary. Now you and I, when we call on Jesus, because of the touch of affliction that he bore on the cross, in that moment, all the affliction that's on your life can be transferred into the cross of Jesus. If you want to understand the touch of Jesus, you understand the cross because it is the love of Jesus Christ that held him to the cross. It is his yieldedness to the Father for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he now sits at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding for all the saints. And he sent the Holy Spirit into our lives so that each and every one of us would be equipped and empowered the way Jesus was. Acts chapter 10, verse 32 says that Jesus, anointed by the Holy Spirit, went about doing good, healing the sick, driving out all the works of the enemy, because he was empowered by what he suffered on the cross to release into our life something fresh and something new. So the question is, am I close enough to touch him? I want us to take a moment. We'll all have a chance to respond. I want to pray for you as we do. Jesus, I pray now that your evidence would be all around. That you want to heal. You want to restore. You want to move in our lives. And I pray it at these altars today. That your love would move in a powerful way. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Jesus, I declare your kingdom reality, that your kingdom is here. The works of darkness have to flee. In your name, Jesus, amen.